game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. But... Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little No, my, my uh, camera's broke. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bucketeers Saturday special, creamsicle special. We've been waiting for this moment for a while now. We're pretty honored to be here. Sorry, a little technical difficulties as we begin here. We got Hunch and Tones leading the way. It's going to be incredible here today. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Huncho's joining in here shortly. We see him on the screen as he's adjusted here and uh, I'm going to get my camera on here in a minute but you guys are tuned into the Bucketeers on this beautiful Saturday as we continue to inch closer to football season coming this fall and we hit a big milestone and a lot of you could probably guess what that milestone was or is and that is a brand new or a return of a uniform that we love so much so hang tight ladies and gentlemen we're here Huncho and Tampa Tones taking you probably around 30 to 45 minutes who the hell knows how long will last so talking all things bucks if you got your questions comments concerns feel free to put them in the comment box anywhere on YouTube on Facebook you could keep up with us on Facebook at Bucks Life News we're partners with Bucks Life News so that's always a cool thing as well. And then on YouTube, Bucketeers Pod, and you could always catch the instant replay as well on Apple, Spotify, Google, and so much more. So stay with us uh, throughout the Saturday morning as we talk quarterback battle. Who's going to win, Trask or Mayfield? That's heating up. I really do believe that. A lot of people think it's uh, Kyle Trask's uh, to not win. A lot of people at Baker Mayfield deem the winner already of the quarterback competition i don't think it's gonna be that easy i do think baker has the advantage for a couple of reasons i think baker's main advantage out of any reason though is because i think the bucks would rather have trask as a fallback option right if you start the season out as puckhead chimes in hello how you doing mr h puckhead thanks so much for joining the Bucketeers this Saturday morning. We appreciate you so much. Corey Hayes is in the house on Facebook. We love you, Corey. Thanks for joining us this morning as well. Gene from Buck What You Heard's in the house. So we got a couple of very prolific guests right now tuned in as well as we continue the Saturday edition of the Bucketeers. I'll tell you what, guys, I'm excited. I'm amped. I already have a creamsicle in route, I will say. Uh, my lady, Olivia, got me an awesome gift on my birthday, and she got me a baby. Yo, yo. What up, Hunch? How the hell we doing? We live, brother. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, man? Well, afternoon. 
afternoon. How you doing, man? Everything's good, man. Like the cream soup sugar. Thanks, bro. It's our old edition, our first edition of Bucketeers T-shirts. Maybe we'll get more rocking and rolling. I got one of those. Matter of fact, I got one of those. Yes, sir, you do. We got a, a couple of them out there. I think I got like 35 of them, and they're all gone. So somewhere out there between Twitter contests, fellow co-hosts, great guests, and uh, family, we got a lot of good shirts out there. Shady Character joins us. Biz- the business is of- booming. <laughs> we- yeah, it is, Hunch. And look at this, Hunch. The Go of Buccaneers podcast, the only people who believe Trask should or will be starting week one are Gator Trask fanboys. It's Baker's job to lose. It's obviously Baker's job to lose. And we do appreciate being called the GOAT of Buccaneers podcast. Uh, Hunch, that's pretty prolific uh, territory for uh, a, a person to be saying that. And Hunch will be joining us back here in a second. He just has to get a little more prep. But we think that uh, high, high, high end compliment, shady character, that's a really good compliment there. And um, the, I do believe that it is Baker's job to lose. And I'm more on the fence of it's Baker's job to lose for a couple of reasons, not just his resume necessarily, but kind of what I alluded to earlier. I think that the Bucks situation is a lot better if you have to go from Baker Mayfield to Kyle Trask opposed to Kyle Trask right. to Baker Mayfield. Huncho, what say you on that? And uh, what say you on being called the GOAT of Buccaneers podcast? Hey, I, I got a long ways to go, man. I'm 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 nowhere near the gate of go. I appreciate the nice words and kind words. I appreciate it, but uh, I'm real. But I'm a real one, so I know I got a long way to go between up before I become anything close to the goat. We it's yeah, a lot we, of great we got a while. We got a while, but <laughs> hey, we'll take the compliment. Yeah, most definitely. But um, moving forward to um Baker and Traz, I feel like Baker, you have the experience there. Uh. You have the game, the actual game play, the actual game time that he's actually played. He's actually led a team. He's actually he's done so much. He's fiery. He's competitive. You, so you have more belief in Baker than what we've seen, the sample size of Kyle Trask when we see him get out there and perform for those little flash moments. And we, you know, you take away little bits of, of good stuff, but you don't see the mass majority of him playing and I, I it could be a lot of reasons why it's not happening but we rather le- a lot of people lean towards baker because he has done it you know in the um at a high level in our last time seeing baker play he actually played pretty good he he had a good season last year and um that's what we're uh depending on and hoping that he carries on this year with our team most definitely and i think you summed that up pretty well we got tyler sharp joined in on facebook as well uh probably one of the better Buccaneers game use collections I've ever seen Tyler Sharp has. Hancho, real quick, you got a game used, well, a practice used treat last year yourself from Mike Evans, some epic gloves. Are you going to attend any of uh, the training camps upcoming? I know there's still, even without Tom Brady, I know there's still a pain in the butt to go to. There's still a pain in the butt to attend. They're nothing like the old days when it was, you know, my pops and I sitting out there watching yeah. Greg Schiano, Anthony Gator, and all those guys. We were sweating our asses off, but it was always a fun time. We actually centered vacations around Bucks uh, camps right. back in the day because they were available to the public. So what are your thoughts on, A, will you be at any this year, and B, how hard they've made these things to attend for not only uh, regular people but for season ticket holders as well? Uh, first of all, I see Corey down there uh, giving a shout out. What's up, Corey? I'm good today. You know, blessed. And um, 
Yeah, I want to say, since you mentioned vacations, this is the thing about it. This year, I'm actually going on a, a vacation. So that's kind of in, interrupting with the um with the uh, training camp this year. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to find out more information about it now, but I will be leaving. I was trying to attend the family. Uh, they have a family day when everybody goes inside and um, you're more so around the players and stuff. But um, I don't know if I'm going to even be back for that because depending on my flight schedule and stuff like that. So it sucks that I, I might, I might not even attend one this year, you know, um, of those, you know, where are you heading on vacay, if you don't mind, or is that um, still up in the year? Uh, I'm going to uh, Arizona. I got some, um, family and friends down there in Arizona, man. I heard nothing but great things about Arizona and I'm sure you're going to enjoy Arizona just as you do Florida brother. That's excited and uh, safe travels whenever you do take off to there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my first time on a plane, so y'all pray for me. Hunch on a plane, baby. I love it, man. That could be a movie, right? Hunch on a plane. I just, right. I see it now. Man, you're going to be fine. Planes are one of those things that seem uh, interesting, and I, I honestly love flying. A lot of people will call me crazy for that and whatnot, but right. I don't get bothered by flying. I think it's one of those things that, you know, when you're in the air, you're kind of just watching something or you're listening to something or you're talking to somebody so um yeah you're gonna have no problems brother i know that right. for sure hopefully it's a sequel you understand what i'm saying hopefully it's a sequel and i can uh, continue so everything goes right i agree with you there brother and uh we know it'll be right so uh yeah there will be a sequel and tyler comments on facebook now i'll be going to day two of training camp BS that being a season ticket member since 92 that you could only pick one day. Huncho, could you believe that as Corey Hayes is tuned in? How we doing, Corey? But Tyler, wow. Tyler's been a season ticket member since 1992. And he wow. could only attend one day. Wow, that that's that's um that sucks, you know, and that's I don't know why they would even do it like that this year, as in with uh with uh the competition and everything i guess that's why they're limited i'm not sure about that but yeah that sucks a lot because if you've been supporting this team for over a decade it's, it's you definitely deserve more than the right enough to uh to be there every day if, if you choose to be and not limited i don't i'm not i don't know the story behind that hopefully i can get some information to figure that out i have to talk with my um uh, source that i know and i had to figure out what's really going on behind the scenes so i should have some information about that for you yeah and here's a couple of things hunch thanks for always trying to get the inner scoop at your source on that we very much so do appreciate it but a couple of weird things there a it's like the bucks are moving backwards right because as we just talked about that used to be free to the public for as many days as you want now as a season ticket member you can only pick one day and oh by the way when they do pick that one day, you have to pay a $10 reservation fee for that day as well. Yeah, I heard about those things. I heard about some of those things. I haven't really been uh, attentive to those, but, I, but I'm, I'm unaware of a lot of things that they're doing. But now I see as it's approaching that that they're they're handling things a lot differently than they, they usually do. I don't understand the theory behind it and why would they do that. But um, I'm definitely going to try to shake some... um shake some rugs and bend some corners to see what's going on, man. <laughs> You'll find your way in. Somehow. I'm going to find gonna... something out. Better believe that. I'm going to find something out. You best believe that. 
That's why we love you, brother. And uh, Tyler says you'd think they'd be trying to do something for the fans with Brady being gone. I really thought that we'd be moving in one of those directions that are less personable to, you know, not that Tom Brady is, uh, you know, one of those figures that makes everything black and white right on the scene, right? It's like not cut and dry. But I thought that when Tom Brady left, we'd get a little more public. We'd get a little more less loosey-goosey. You know what I'm saying? I thought that. We were part of this, I thought, at least. It was all because of Tom Brady. So I agree there with Tyler saying, hey, Brady's gone. If anything, it should be moving the other direction for the fans. And, and I think I think because it could be part of the reason why, because they had high hopes and we had pretty much established what, what the goal was. And we already had, you know, playoff and Super Bowl contentions. And, and it wasn't as much work, I guess you would say, put in with the offense implementing the new offense and and things like that so i don't know if they're trying to not focus as much on the fans and focus on directly the players and getting you know what i'm saying getting those and maybe next year to see how this year plays out maybe it adjusts and see what's because i we don't know what's the future we don't know uh pretty much what's the future with with this competition and which direction um the Bucks are going in and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if they wanted to get fans really involved and hyped up on the unknown versus when you have Brady, you already know it's playoffs and, um, you know, pretty much a good direction where you're headed versus now it's up in the air and um, to get it. And you never know, you might have a whole different quarterback at the helm next year and you might have to invest all that into uh, that person, which um, we'll get into that a little later. I agree with you completely there as Levi Swelling is watching as well live on Facebook, another memorabilia collector, Bucks fan. So we do appreciate that. And Hunch, before we get into some more creamsicle talk and whatnot, let me ask you this. Obviously, and you guys are tuned into the Bucketeers. We appreciate it. Sorry for the late start this morning. Hunch and Stunna, we're ready to go. I can't blame Stunna not being here on anyone but myself. I was a little late to the party today, but we do appreciate Huncho and everyone else watching right now, making arrangements and uh, joining us a little later than expected. So uh, good stuff there. You guys are tuned into the Bucketeers. But Huncho, real quick, let me ask you this. I personally think it's bullshit. I think you're going to say the streamlines along the same thing but tom brady's name has been surfacing and i'm not talking about because he was um getting chummy with kim kardashian who by the way if anyone thinks they'd ever end up dating you are just no you are clueless he's gonna smash why not right (laughs) smashing gas exactly bro but um you know, he ain't want none of Kanye West leftovers, not in a bad way, but just because that lady provides more beef than a freaking steak and shake on a Saturday night. She's, right. uh, you know, ran through Kanye. She's ran through Miles Austin. She's been it's, with. It goes on and on. Ray J, you could go, we could go on and on, man. So, you know, I can't blame him for obviously hooking up, right? But let me ask you this. Antoine Winfield Jr. earlier this week made some comments, and to me, they were taken a little out of context. He pretty much said that he thinks the Bucks are, you know, still trying to talk to Brady, yada, yada, right. and whatnot. And I'd say that's true, right? But that doesn't yeah. mean, like, all these Twitters and accounts everywhere are putting, oh, Brady returned, Brady coming back, blah, blah, blah. No, right. that's not really what Winfield said. Winfield no. said the Bucks are going to leave the door open. What say you? 
Yeah, uh, let's um just let's just uh say this: the goat is the goat for a reason, and he he thinks and he plans out everything meticulously, and he focuses and he does everything strategic. He doesn't just up and do anything. If he makes a decision to play, he would already been made a decision to play. I believe for the Bucks, because he would have been invested a hundred percent if he wanted to come in and play this year. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think he would just up and be like, hey, yeah, he would want to get the offense down packed. He would want to uh, be around the, the team and, and get that atmosphere and let him know he's leading. It's not a, just a decision. You just walk in and you say, hey, I want to play today. You know, Brady preparation is wow, crazy, you know, and everybody should know that with Tom Brady being here for as much as for as long as he, he was. The guy was practicing with the, the players during COVID. Uh, breaking restriction rules you understand what i'm saying so mm -hmm. if you feel like he'll wait later on to make a decision now to uh go ahead and try to play with the um pick the choose the man said when he said he was retiring he's not coming back i feel like he's not that's why he's going to parties you see in him out more he's socializing which was he which i believe he was doing with kim kardashian and everybody's blowing up you know what i'm saying the man is a business opportunist Kim, she's doing things in the business world. Why not bump shoulders? That's why a lot of those people there, you can, you expand your businesses and stuff like that. And um, I feel like that was, you You talk to people all the time and um, they just blew it out of proportion with uh, Tom Brady, of course. And um, yeah, so I feel like Tom, if that was a move that he was going to do on his side, then uh, he would have did it. Um, And I, I read somewhere when somebody was like, oh, uh, Antoine Winfield, he played with Baker against Baker a few times and he um already wants Tom Brady to come back. You <laughs> um I don't feel like that's the case. I just feel like he's just like you said, he was speaking um like the door is always open. I mean once you play with the goat and his expectation and you see the level and the uh you see the culture shift, you you kinda always feel like it's gonna be there for him and what he's done. You won a Super Bowl with this guy. I mean you still seeing he has enough in the tank for him to continue to keep going. So why not say, hey, the door is open, Tom? You know, but I feel like uh, it's it's partially not true. It's, it's being fabricated and it's being drug out. It's the off season and it's a lot of things that people want to talk about to get their uh, clicks and views going. And you know what I'm saying? Until football is here. And I think you hit the nail on the head hunch, and I agree with you 110%. Business people are going to be business people. And that event that they were at, the white party, it's very prolific in terms of very polarizing figures and very rich people attending uh, that Fanatics whiteout party or white party, whatever the hell. They all wear white and they all, yeah. look, you know, fancy and rich. And, you know, all he's doing is talking, and you'd be pretty dumb to me if you're not going to see what a kim kardashian uh, has to say or whatever so i just right. thought you know that was kind of funny but i'm in agreement with you and tyler on facebook makes a point as well could tom even play with being a part owner of the raiders he's done yeah we, that, oh yeah that too also exactly and we both believe he's done and uh, that's another reason to throw in the wrench as well because when you're part owner, I mean, I know he's a minority owner, so he could easily huh. get out of it or whatnot. A guy like Brady could easily sell his stake, but he's done, guys. He's yeah. so done. Yeah, you know, he, wouldn't in. he wouldn't go that far. No. And uh, Hunch, I don't mean to bash on Brady, but after I get through these comments, I'm going to 
say my little piece on why he should be done, regardless whether he's, you know, thinking about coming back or not. And Jeremy's in the house saying, what's up, Bucks fam? Olive is in the house. Hey, he better than her. Yep, Tom Brady is better than her. Kim Kardashian, she's referring to. So we agree with you there. Jeremy, our buddy J-Lo, let Tom have his fun. Absolutely. And uh, nothing says fun, uh, well, for a short period of time, nothing says more fun than a Kardashian. <laughs> so uh, that's never a bad thing. And then uh, Jimmy from YouTube says, what's up, Bucks Nation? What up, Jimmy? How the hell you doing, my friend? It's Huncho and Tones here on uh, this beautiful Saturday morning as we get through the offseason. And then Jeremy says, time to move on and br- embrace a new offensive system. Right. I agree with that completely. And Huncho, just look at this from last year. I mean, I love Tom. I, this isn't bashing Tom. So anyone who wants to cut and paste this and say, oh, Tampa Tones, he's an idiot. He was coming at Brady because, uh, you know, this, this, and this. I'm just being realistic here. And when you look at last football season, if you put all of the pieces of the pie back together, what was the consistent thing that kept coming up regardless of personal or football reasons, Tom Brady was not focused last season. He was not. He was not focused like we normally see Tom Brady, and there's a ton of events to highlight that, right? Remember when he randomly disappeared in the preseason? And everyone was like, oh, you know, it's Tom Brady. He's fine. He can come back when he wants. That's actually a big deal because you get new teammates, you get rookie teammates, you go missing for 10 days, yeah, you know, that's going to put a bad taste in some of your teammates' mouth as well. Even if your name's Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Dennis Rodman. Hell, Dennis Rodman did that, and they were winning games left and right. He went to appear on Monday Night Raw one night on a Monday in the middle of his season. He was only gone two days, and people were freaking out. So you can't do that. You can't disappear. Number two. You've seen him get divorced, and I'm obviously not blaming him on that, not saying it's his fault on that at all. But, Huncho, you and I both know um, love life is a tricky thing. And, uh, you know, when you're married for that long and you get a divorce, that's going to take a toll on you. That's going to weigh on you, especially because these Hollywood stars, never they never really last that long. They never right. last as long as Tom and Giselle did. So right. that had to be gut-wrenching, back-breaking, and uh, killing him inside and out. And then you got two more many occasions before I I get your opinion on all of this. Robert Kraft got married, and Brady, who was in Pittsburgh that week for the Steelers-Bucks game, ends up leaving, ends up going to Robert Kraft's wedding. He doesn't prepare with the team the previous two days. The Bucks lose to Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Not only lose to Trubisky, they get their asses kicked by Trubisky. Mm. Embarrassed. And then, to top it all off, as we've been finding out as the months come, as the days go by, uh, you had the FTX scandal, where Tom Brady and Giselle lost a combined $48 million. Yep, yep. So you take all of those things, you put them together, and you really go, hmm, 
did Tom Brady play a bigger role than some may have thought in last year's debacle? And again, I'm not shoveling it all on Brady. We had a lot of things wrong, Hunch. We had Donovan Smith who was getting beat like a drum. We had Byron Leftwich and Keith Armstrong, two really bad coordinators in my opinion. And then, uh, you know, a plethora of other things as well. Todd Bowles in his first year as coach. And he got a half-ass end of the stick as well. They pretty much took him in April, said, this is your team now, yada, yada, yada. So not like he really got his guys in the coach and reel him as well. Right. Um, I know it's a lot of reasons. And Tyler says, yeah, the Bucks finished the season eight and nine without Tom. That They would have finished three to four wins. Terrific O-line, Byron's play call. And I agree with all that, Tyler. But point being is, heading into the year last year, we were what? Projected a 10 to 12 to 13 win team? Yeah. We finished at a bad 8 and 9. Right. What say you, Hunch? Uh, It's a lot of factors that go into that. With Tom, um, more so of he wants to be with the family he wants to he wants to uh devote his time to his family and his business and see what the uh life without football would be just for one year so even if so he did want to play i i I don't see it happening this year i would see it happening next year if it that was a slight chance but right now i see tom focused on his business and his family right now and his next uh endeavor or whatever he chooses to do and um Let's be honest. Let's be real. Yeah, Tom, he 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 didn't play at that high level that we were used to last year, and that's just me being honest. Um, the connection with Mike Evans was off. He uh, it, it was just it wasn't. We didn't see that. The the um divorce was weighing on him. You seen him? Uh, he was very frustrated. He wasn't locked in. He took days off, and that's not Tom. You know, we can say okay, he's the goal. He can do this. He can keep focused, but he's human at the end of the day. So when when life happens, life happens. No matter who you are, you still have emotions. You still have feelings. You're not just ice cold to everything that's around you. And um, I think those weighed on Tom, and it played a uh, played a uh, factor in how his gameplay and his decisions last year. The uh, chemistry with the team, uh, Ryan Jensen got hurt, no offensive line. You have Byron still coaching like he's he's in the sixth, seventh grade. And um, it, was just, it was just so much added on to that. The defense was okay. I mean, you you were down. You're, Chris Godwin was coming back from injury, connection with Mike Evans. Uh, Tom Brady, let's be honest, let's be real. He's a one-trick pony. He's a um, – he he's he throws dimes and he makes great decisions, but you have to block for him. He he doesn't have the mobility in some situations. He did, but he doesn't have the mobile mobility if if the pocket collapses to improvise. And um, and that's where I felt like last year a lot of those things came into play. I'm not gonna say Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask is better than Brady at any point, but some of those situations, I believe, if you had a mobile quarterback you could you extend plays and and see what's going on try different options when when things happen you maybe could have um squeezed a couple games you know out of it so we never know i could say we could have played horrible without tom and i could say we could have played better you know with with a, a qb that was locked in and focused and ready and was a little mobile you know um it could have been it could have swayed anyway um so that's where I'm at with that scenario and um, how I see it. I, I wish uh, Brady the best. I mean, if he was to come back, of course, I would embrace it. But I feel like, uh, 
yeah, his time is is is, is up right now, and and, and we got to see where we're gonna go if uh. Because if he does come back, it's going to be typically for one year, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see. We need a life after Tom. We have to focus on that and, and and get over. Yeah, we got a Super Bowl wing. Yeah, he's the GOAT. We love the culture and everything. We, But we have to move forward and see what this team is going to build, our foundation and um and things like that. That what brought me to this. I know you didn't um have this on the um the questions and stuff for today, but that what brought me to the what, – what, why not? I know people talk about tanking and, and being a bad team, and I know we have a lot of players involved in uh, just to actually be that horrible. We have a good foundation of, of players around on the defense and wide receivers, even a upcoming running back. So to play horrible enough to actually lose that bad to get a high draft pick. But me per se, I wouldn't feel bad. Like I know it's football and you want to win, but to get a uh, to get a quarterback like Caleb uh, – Williams and um, Mayo and I mean, hey, the, the set up your future and you'll, you'll have more money next year with uh, you got two still. You'll still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You'll still have Rashad. You have defensive players, money in the bank. Go sign some free agents. I, it doesn't sound too bad. You understand what I'm saying? And that's mm -hmm. just my perception of, of the season and how I view it. I'm not saying tanking is cool for any, but I wouldn't have a problem if we had a chance to get one of those elite quarterbacks coming out next year to set up our team for the future. So we won't be in a, a guess who maybe type situation. I agree with you hunch and everything you just said right there. And I, I, I to, kind of to piggyback off you, Jeremy and Jimmy had a fun exchange. Jeremy said Brady was a Brady last year and I'm glad he retired. Jimmy says 100% right. Brady was not the same personal life got the best of him last season. He needed to retire. Hopefully, he got it straight. And now Jeremy goes, agreed. He won us the Super Bowl, and I'm forever grateful. Yes, right. uh, Brady has brought probably the most dynamic three-year era of Buck football that we've experienced, obviously, since the Dungy-Gruden era. Yeah. Um, you know, since we've had all those Hall of Famers on defense, we're up to four Hall of Famers on that defense now. Yes, Pretty sir. insane. It's crazy when you think about it, but all very much deserving. But I, I will say this as well, and a lot of people could agree with me based on perception and whatnot. And uh, I think the Bucks are actually in a good quarterback situation, mm. regardless of what happens this year or next year, because one of three things are going to happen based on this year, based on this year. We're either going to do like Huncho said and, you know, the Bucks don't play their best ball and you get one of the big three young quarterbacks. You're either going to mm -hmm. get Drake May, Caleb Williams, or a little less behind them, but still highly touted prospect out of Washington, Michael Penix Jr. So mm -hmm. you're going to get one of those three if you have a bad year. If you have a high first round pick, you're going to get one of those three. So that's right. situation number one, which puts us in a pretty good spot at quarterback for the future at least. Situation number two, Baker Mayfield starts this year. Remember, Baker Mayfield, still in his mid-20s, former first overall pick of the draft. If Baker Mayfield starts this year, proves himself, and balls out, not the worst thing in the world because the Bucks still have a pretty young quarterback who was a former first-round pick 
who will get, yeah, he'll get decent money, but at the end of the day, he'll get Geno Smith or Daniel Jones type money. Nothing that's breaking the bank over. So, yeah, he's going to get a good payday. But then if Baker plays well this year, you give him two to three years, you give him 25, 20 to 25 million a year, you call it a day. And you still have a young quarterback, and that probably means the Bucks are in the playoffs at the end of the year. So that's scenario number two. You either get a bad year and one of the better rookie quarterbacks in next year's draft, or Baker starts, Baker balls out, gets his team into the playoffs, and you still have a pretty good young quarterback on a pretty team-friendly contract for the next couple of years. I don't think Baker would ask for $45, $50 million a year. Situation number three, which is the last of the possibilities. Baker Mayfield struggles. Hey, thanks for coming to Tampa. You're checked out after week four. It really just wasn't working here, bud. Kyle Trask comes in, and Kyle Trask balls out. And to me, that would be my hopeful quarterback situation. That's what – I mean, I, I want Baker – because I want to win this year. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I want to win this year as much as I would love a Caleb Williams or Drake May who are big-time prospects. I really believe in a crappy NFC South and one of these divisions that feels virtually like you're playing a game of a horseshoe toss, right? It's really anyone's up for grabs. I'm really feeling myself. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a Bucks fan, but I look at the talents around the divisions and uh, or around the division. I look at the teams. I look at the talent. I'm not really seeing any talent better than us. And I know people are saying, ah, the Saints, ah, blah, 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 Carolina, oh, Atlanta did this. But Tampa Bay, their offensive line could only get better. Donovan Smith is out of the building. He was awful. He was a turntable. Uh, Ryan Jensen's back from injury. We drafted an offensive lineman very high in the second round, Cody Mock. We're beefing up Aaron Stinney's back on the O-line. We resigned him. We're beefing up our O-line. Our O-line got better just by getting healthier and whatnot. So to me, this team is in a decent chance to win and not only win, maybe the division. Hey, and I'm not saying you got to go out there and win 13, 14, 15 games to make me happy. I'm saying if you go out there, you could win 7 to 10 games and you'll probably have a decent chance at the division, just like last year. As Tyler says, last season's offense is proof that the Bucks' 2020 and 21 season offenses should be credited to Arians and not Leftwich, and I totally agree with that as well, Tyler. I think that's a great point, and I think that helps our quarterback room as well. Uh, you know, Trask and Mayfield have the opportunity to grow with a guy like Dave Canales, who is very highly touted in Seattle by, I think, you know, regardless of what you think of Pete Lachie, I don't think he's a great human being, but we do know Pete Carroll is a pretty dang good talent evaluator and a pretty good head coach. Again, human being aside, not the best human in the world, but a good coach and a good talent evaluator. He highly, 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 highly regarded Dave Canales as one of the better young offensive minds in the league. And he gave him a lot of credit for resurfacing Geno Smith to what he was. So I think this offense is going to grow. And I think we really have the chance between two young quarterbacks, a first and second round pick Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask 
to me, I give it a 66% chance because I'm breaking my three scenarios to a 33, 33, 33% crisp across the board. I think they're all equal scenarios. It's the Godfather. James Rubright is joining us on Facebook. Thanks so much for joining us, Godfather, this Saturday. I really think that heading into this time next year, we have a 33% chance that Baker's our quarterback, a 33% chance that Trask is our quarterback, and a 33% chance that either Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., or Caleb Williams is our starting quarterback. At that. And uh, Hunch, I don't think you necessarily um, meant that you wanted this team to lose. I think your point was, hey, you might as well see what Trask and uh, Mayfield have this year. And if it does backfire, that's okay because we do get a high end pick this year. Right. And I was um just basically looking at it as if uh okay, so if you look around the NFC South, uh, see what teams really improved and see what teams really declined or it's up in the air. And um I can say this, I feel as if okay, last year, um the NFC South was more easier to win than it than it is this year. Basically, if you look around, the Panthers, they got better. Offense, defense, they got better. The Falcons, they got better. They got Bajon Robinson, the running back. Come on. And we don't know second year with their new quarterback. Riddler, what he can do, even though I don't believe. Like, you know what I'm saying? They have a pretty decent defense. Um, then you have the Saints. Okay, they got Derek Carr. He's a so-so quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're now defense. Uh, we always struggle with the Saints. Their defense, they still have the wide receivers. They still have Alvin Kamara. They, you know, they still have certain pieces that they still can compete kind of sort of like us with the new quarterback. So I feel like it's pretty much up in the air, yes. But I feel like the NFC has gotten tougher. Like we looking at it on paper, and you can see some key pieces – yeah, it can go right or it can go wrong. Yeah, Carr can come and play horrific for the Saints, true. But he can also play good. You never know, you know. He can play good. He can play uh, decent and um, probably lead them in. They can have a good year. The Falcons, never know what can turn out with their with that running back and how he can play and um, with Whitler. You never know. Um same thing with the um with the Panthers and their new quarterback and they have a, they had a pretty sh- strong defense last year. And um, stuff like that, you know, so I feel like. They- As we hope to get Huncho back, I think he just uh, faded out there accidentally. As he was given, uh, uh, and he, he is back already. Hunch is already back. So, uh, Hunch, you want to finish your thoughts? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. No, but you're yeah, good, I brother. Like, I feel like the, def- uh, the, um, the NFC South has improved over than uh, better than last year. And um, I, I wanted to just add on, so if with uh, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield, you get okay, all right, mediocre play, and we end up going the same amount of uh, wins, losses as last year, if we have the same record last year, we look decent, but we don't look like we're ready to compete for a championship or, or a ring for that you don't. I don't think you want to surface your future around that. So even if it's another route, so like the Panthers did this year, they they traded some up to move to move up to the number one pick so they can get that. And and I feel like if okay, if you have a season like that, whereas if you uh play, you get in there, you but you you see some things that that need some correction from the offense, uh from the um quarterback position. 
and it's not just there to get you over that hump. Do you trade and do you uh trade up? You might mortgage, okay, a first round pick and something from next year to move up in the first slot to get those type of uh caliber quarterbacks. You could that's one of the things you can um kind of look at and or you just just whether you stick with the, the quarterbacks that you have with the mediocre play and knowing that okay, well, we could contend, but we can't, we're not gonna be able to contend, contend to make it into deep off in the playoffs and and deep off and enough to make it to the Super Bowl because ultimately that's what we play for, a Super Bowl. And you can tell by last year with Tom Brady, okay, he played decent. We got in the playoffs, but was that enough? No, we want to win Super Bowl. So I don't want a continuous year of making it to the playoffs but not being able to actually make it to the big stage. So that's just the theory I, I thought of if – um if it goes wrong or if, if the NFC is a little difficult, but somehow we can win enough games and we push ourselves away from the number one pick, will we trade up actually to, to that number one spot to, to uh, solidify one of those good um, posi uh, quarterback position to uh, secure your future, you know? And I agree with you. And as much as it pains me to say, uh, you know, the Panthers – to me, is the godfather, James Rubray comments. I enjoy listening to you guys. I learned a few things just listening. We do appreciate that greatly, godfather. We appreciate your support and your viewership on all Thank these you. episodes. Appreciate that, godfather. Appreciate it. As Huncho appreciates it. Huncho, I'm honestly surprised and shocked. And then we're going to get into creamsicle talk. We're going to get into Rondé Barber talk. And then uh, we're going to end with our one big things and walk-offs. But let me ask you this. Uh, the Panthers, I'm not overly impressed with Frank Reich in general, the former right. Indianapolis head coach. But I will say I'm very impressed with the staff he was able to put together. Right. I mean, you go through this Carolina staff, offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown, probably one of the most off highly touted after uh, highly sought after offensive coordinator candidates after spending right. the past three years with the Rams. Uh, I know his name was in the hat for the Bucks, and then he took the Panthers job. So that's a pretty good land right there. Offensive passing game coordinator, Parks Frazier. And remember, Parks Frazier was the Colts offensive coordinator at the end of last season. Right. And right now, he's their passing game coordinator. So anytime you could get a former offensive coordinator in a lesser role, that's a pretty good uh, beefed-up staff right over there. Then you go. To Josh McCown, former Buccaneer himself, is their quarterbacks coach. Right. And re remember, Josh McCown was so highly touted at one point that the Houston Texans almost hired him as their head coach. If the NFL wouldn't have slapped him in the face and said, hold on, you got to let him coach a little bit more than high school ball before he could coach the Houston Texans. And then remember this great name, Deuce Staley? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. A great running back. He's their assistant head coach and running backs coach. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball. This guy was getting a lot of head coach candidates this year. Former Broncos defensive coordinator is now their defensive coordinator, Ejero Evero. Uh -huh. And he was a really hot commodity last year. They still have veteran Dom Capers on that staff. He's been around forever. Former mm. All-Pro defensive back and returner D'Angelo Hall is on that staff. Yep. As an assistant defensive backs coach. And then you keep going 
on and down to their special teams coordinator and another longtime Colts coach got that job, Chris Tabor. He was very highly touted. Some people said um, he was maybe going to get his chance at a head coach. Or I'm sorry, he was former Colts coach a couple of years back. Now he's in his second year in Carolina. And then you go all the way down and you keep going, man, it could get better than that. Guess who their senior analyst is? Jim Caldwell. Uh-huh. Former very successful coach around the league. One guy that I wanted to see myself get back in the head coach in real probably right. Indianapolis, because to me, he never deserved to be fired from Indianapolis or Detroit. Right. But Huncho, I mean, all those names we just went through. Yeah. That's a Pro Bowl staff. Yeah, that's a great staff. It's a great staff. A lot of great minds there that, that has a ton of experience in uh, football and uh, critical situations. And they know how to probably build a staff and um, know what things to look from and um, from players. And, yeah, I mean, it's the first year. And um, that's that what I feel like can hinder them because it's a first year and it's the name. But you got to put it together, just like if you get a, a, a all-star cast of players you can have all these all-stars but you got to put in the work and sometimes putting in the work it takes time it's not microwavable it doesn't happen instantly you have to you sometimes let it cook you know and um they can have these great minds everybody but things happen to every sunday injuries happen everything happen decisions happen so with that being said i mean yeah we i feel like yeah they they put it together a great staff but Keep in mind also that it takes time sometimes for, for guys to mesh and ideas and how they want their team ran and the culture they want to build now after coming from where they were to trans translate into the this year and, and on the field. So um I mean I I love the, the staff that they bought together, but they have to make uh they have to make it work and um put it together so but they're looking pretty good with with all those minds over there, and is they built them a nice uh, foundation to start with, you know. And um, you never know; it could take off. It could instantly take off with the division that we have. It could take off, and I just don't feel like it's going to be no pushover games in the uh, the NFC South. It's no guarantees. We can split with some games, but it could be some games that we might not split. We could lose some games, or we can win some. It's up in the air, and that's more uh. That's more of my concern, whereas last year, okay, you had Brady. You know, okay, man, some games like, oh, yeah, I know we're not going to lose twice to this team because we have Brady. He, You know, his his stature, his resume, it just, you know, just certain games. But now where we're at now, we're trying to build, and we're on pretty much the same level as those guys, it's going to be a lot of hard football that's going to – and decisions going to be made. And this top bowl's better this year with decision-making and adjusting – to the head coach position with the defense and with everything around him is, is he going to make some critical decisions? Is he going to uh, push when the offense is not doing is what they need to do? Is he going to give them, put in his input? Uh, it's, it's a lot that, that we have to work on internally also. And, and that's why I say it can be up in the air and um, we can see where, where we go from there. And, it, and it's the same thing with the saints. And it's pretty much the same thing with the, uh, with the uh, Falcons also. And I agree with you, and I agree with you, and Jeremy, and as Niner Sickness Podcast checking in. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, Niner Sickness. Our brothers from San Fran over there, so that's pretty cool to see they're dipping their toes in a Bucks podcast. And 
you and Jeremy kind of said the same thing. You can have a mediocre coaching staff, won't get you anywhere in year one, no disrespect to Carolina. That's my point as well. Is As impressive as that coaching staff is, the part about it as a Bucks fan is that a guy by the name of Frank Reich is their head coach, and he always craps his pants in big situations and in big games. And that's why he's not the Col- the Colts coach anymore because, right. you know, he wanted to go out and get Matt Ryan. He wanted to go out and get Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. We've seen his offense with those guys. I think it'll take at least a couple years for Carolina right. to get going. But they did the 100% right. If you're going to get a quarterback and you're going to give up all that for a quarterback, you might as well make a staff like that. You might as well. Right. You know, because to me, Carolina way overpaid for that pick. I mean, they gave up a first round this year, a first round next year, mm. a couple more picks, and DJ Moore. You know, mm. you, you don't really yeah. lose Pro Bowl receivers, multiple first round picks, multiple yeah. second round picks, you know. And I think that'll be very interesting. So I do agree with you guys. I think Carolina's a while away. I just think that they're building it right. I think they're building it the right way. Agreed. And I in a couple of years from now, even with or without Frank Reich, I think that their franchise should be in a pretty good position. But Hunch, Jeremy makes a great point here, and I know you and I know this better than anyone. I was on WQEE's Braves Country HD, the radio show I appear on a couple times a week in the noon in Georgia area um, from uh, 3 to 5 Eastern time on Monday and Fridays. You could catch me over there at 99 99- Point three, the key in noon in Georgia or on YouTube at Braves Country HD. But we did our Bucks primer preview yesterday. And I said a really good thing about this Bucks team, as Jeremy just said as well, all these other teams are kind of getting younger offensively, right? You had Carolina get Bryce, uh, you know, Bryce Young. And then you had uh, um, uh, Atlanta draft a running back in the first round. You had a couple other of these guys make first-round picks offensively. Look at what the Bucks did to kind of counteract that with a defensive guy like Todd Bowles as their head coach, right? They draft Kalijah Kansi, a young first-round defensive lineman who some are comparing to like a mini Aaron Donald. You draft Yaya Diaby to give you that front-edge speed. You draft Jose Ramirez, another young guy who could step up and uh, be effective in that role potentially as well. And then you have um, other guys on the roster who who are still young. They brought back Cam Gill. He's still young. Joe Tryon-Showenka is not old. Logan Hall's still young. They re-signed DeAdrian Sanat, still young. Vita Bay is still young. They brought in Greg Gaines. They brought back Patrick O'Connor. And then you look... And, you know, even the defensive backs are pretty young. So, Huncho, before we get to the creamsicle and Rondé talk, all these other teams, to me, are kind of making offense adjustments. Yeah, Carolina, they have a pretty good young defense as well. But the other teams, eh. The Bucks to me, are putting up a pretty, pretty good, structured, younger defense. I mean, mm-hmm. I love William Golston, but he looked a little old at times last year. Akeem Hicks surely looked old at times last year. Definitely. I think we're getting, you know, in the right direction with Kalijah Kansi, Yaya Diaby, bringing back Sanai, and Greg Gaines. Most definitely. From the from the back end all the way up to the front. Yeah, I love the players that we have. And um, I have a lot of faith and belief 
and um what we're trying to do on defense and I love the players that we involved um into our schemes Kalaja Kansi I definitely want to see him get to it I think he's going to be a boost and an upgrade to what we had I also want to see Yaya and what he can actually bring I feel like yeah the defense is going to be solid and very very good and it can and um we just have to make sure that we can keep up with these uh, offenses and how how they play. And uh, Todd Bowles, he has to, you know, adjust and keep up with what's going on in the NFL. And I feel like, yeah, we did get faster. We did get hungrier. And I'm not worried about so much of the defense. I love Dean. I love the outside players. I love even if we have uh, role players, bench players, we got uh, Zion McCollin. We got guys that can come in and, and hopefully in this year make – a splash. We have uh, our first round pick, uh, well, our second round pick from last year, uh, Hall. Logan Hall. Logan Hall. He he needs to spread uh, and, and and grow and develop. And also, you have Tri Joe Tryon Sharinka. We have a lot of key, good young pieces for this defense to be great. Yes, but they have to actually step up and step to the plate and and, and do what they're designed to do in a, and at a high level. Mm -hmm. And um. You, we have Levante, we have Devin here still. You know, it's it's a, it's a good. We have a great defense. It could be a very very good defense if they play top tier. And you know, granted, fingers crossed that there's no injuries, no major injuries that that holds that defense back. I see a lot, and even with our offense with uh, Rashard White, you got Rashard White uh, running back. You uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Yeah, enough said. Offensive line better. We have tight ends now that we can see what they really do. I love we have more athletic, more speedy uh, tight ends. You know, they're not Gronkowski, but these guys are big and physical, and they, they have a little more speed. Just worry about that key position with the, with the quarterback. So, yeah, we're in position to be right there on the cusp of, of being a playoff contenders and great, but I feel like it has to be coached. They have to be coached right, and they also need the proper uh, – quarterback at the helm and, and and once that and we can keep this uh team together as it is i feel the sky is the limit but those two key pieces the the quarterback position and the uh the injuries and also of course the staff have to they have to get it together for us the offense i hope and i pray that uh dave can can bring us to new heights not be stubborn as uh left which was and we can see a way better offense but you know i like to be realistic it is a first year we want to see what he can do can he bring baker you know it's a lot of questions and but that's what makes football interesting because you don't know you understand and and it, you got to have hope and faith and see what we can do but i i believe we have a good quarter we have a good uh team we just got to have just a couple more key pieces on that offense I agree with you there. Is, uh, my aunt is tuned in as well. Says that's my nephew with the heart. Auntie Barb tuned in. We thank you so much. Love you guys for tuning in, joining the show. Jeremy brings up a good comment. Uh, Carlton Davis said the league is in for rude awakening. I thought I loved it when Carlton said that as well. Yeah. Um, he's you know, competitive. You gotta, yeah, he's a competitor and he's going to, you know, he never shies back. Him and Michael Thomas have been at it before, back and forth. <laughs> Twitter, right. you know, he called him Slant Boy and oh. all that good stuff. Kenny Barrett, KB checks in. What's up, boys? What up, Kenny? What up, Kenny B? KB from the Buck What You Heard podcast. Him and Gene do a great job over yes, there. Yes, sir. Kenny B, Kenny B is a great uh, Bucks guy in general, yep. Bucks brain, Bucks knowledge bringer. So we appreciate 
him checking in as Jeremy tells him what's up. And then Satino, go Bucks, absolutely. Go Satino. Um, you know, we're all. Yeah, he's ready for the creamsicles, man. He's ready for him, as are we. We're going to get into him here in a second after we react to these live Kenny, Barry, Kenny Barrett comments, which Jeremy has for So we do appreciate your opinion here coming from a former high-profile offensive lineman like Kenny Barrett himself. He grew up playing O-line, so we always appreciate a former player's opinion. Yes, he said, on the O-line, I'm really concerned about right tackle and O-tackle depth, but they have so many quality bodies in the interior O-line, even if Jensen isn't himself. I have faith in Hainsey, and that's where I exactly yeah. stood on this too, Huncho, because, you know, Tristan Wirfs, although it might be a little learning curve, he, even if he takes a mini step back, he's still going to play a hell of a left tackle yes. level. That's, to me, an increase over what Donovan Smith brought to the table the past 18 to 24 games of his Correct. Buccaneers career so um I, I think we improve there and then yes even if Jensen isn't himself you still got Hainsey you got Nick Leverett now you got Cody Mock you got Aaron Stinney you got Brandon Walton you know you got a lot of bodies good quality bodies quality quality and now at this point experienced bodies as well yeah the the question mark is could Luke Odecki you know hold his own on the right side if it's him and Cody Mock over there I will say this, Jason Light, a pretty dang good offensive line talent evaluator, it seems. Uh, drafting Mock and Godecki pretty high. So, um, you know, you think you would think he has a lot of faith. And KB says, I'm just so psyched for the offensive scheme. It's going to help the O-line and skill guys more yeah. consistently. Absolutely. And we, Greedy. yep, yep. We talked about that a little bit as well. We're very excited for Canales, what he's going to bring to the table. And, uh you know, it's not going to be – it will be more consistency in a good way, but it's not going to be a first and 10, second and 10, one-yard handoff every run. Wow. Get some better runs too. Yeah, and that's what I'm very excited for. I think Rashad White and I think Edmonds and I think a lot more could have great impact here. Speaking of Rashad White, Huncho, I did already get a creamsicle. And my girlfriend, she was commenting in here earlier, Olivia – what a lady. She got me a Baker Mayfield jersey. My brother already beat her to the puncho, and he got me a Baker Mayfield jersey. <laughs> so I was like, you know, just in case Baker doesn't work out, I don't need a shirt. I don't need a jersey. I'm like, the creamsicles are coming up. That'd be amazing if you pick me out one. And she right. picked me out a Rashad White. Oh, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. That, that'll be in. It says mid-August. And he's number one now, Hunch. And if you remember, I think uh, someone in the Bucketeers predicted that on Twitter that you changed to number one. Yes, sir. She did. So do you have any plans of getting a creamsicle real quick? And if so, who's on your mind or who's at the top of your priority list? Oh, most definitely. I got to get a, a creamsicle. Definitely. It sucks that I hate it so bad that we were only playing one time with them because they look so fire. They're so nice. Just one year, just seeing one game, just seems unfair for us to just witness and experience that. Like seems they like look a tease, so good. right? Right. Like I would like for one year, just us, just to play in those. You know, that would be so amazing. Just one year, let that be the main jersey. You understand what I'm saying? But I know it's a lot. And um, yeah, I'm definitely rolling with 13. That's my guy, man. Mike Evans all day. You know. Uh, gave me his gloves. I mean, I've been a, a big fan of him since he came to the to the team. So, 
I'm definitely rolling with a uh, Mike Evans 13. I should be uh, actually have one this week. I'm going to look for it. I'm going to try to grab one this week. Man, and uh, I'm I'm pretty upset. Not upset, but I, if I didn't already, I have an alarm clock Evans, and I have a modern-day Evans. So the only reason why I didn't go with Mike is, well, I already have a couple mics. I have the red right. mic and an alarm clock mic, or else I would have been – all over the Mikey train. Kenny B says, I'll be listening mostly as I'm running errands, but keep up the great work, boys. Appreciate you, KB, for checking in. Appreciate you. We always love you and your comments, KB. So keep them coming, either this show or in the future, and we got to get you back on, brother. You're just yes, a great Stay safe, man. stay blessed. Jimmy Bernard, great Bucks talk with fire emojis, hunter emojis. We appreciate that. Uh, Jeremy appreciate says, it. Mike or Tristan on the throwbacks. Funny thing about that, Hunch, Nothing against Rashad White, but I actually uh, told my girl I would love a Tristan Wurfs, but yeah, they didn't have his out. But then I explained to some people, I'm like, look, the Bucks are pretty strategic. I'm not sure their exact strategy, but if you look at the pewter jerseys available, they don't have a lot of players available in pewter. You'll have to pay more. I think it's like $50 extra to get a custom pewter jersey. Then you could get any player or whatever. But if you go on the Bucks website, I think they only have three or four pewters available if you, without customizing them. Oh. Even their away white jerseys, I only right. remember seeing a handful of guys. Right. Brady, Godwin. I think it's Brady, Godwin, Evans, and maybe Devin White, you know, yeah. something like that. But it ain't a lot for even their white. So to me no. – they're going to try and strategize on these creamsicles and say, hey, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of players. But if you want, for only the cheap price of 50 to $60 more, you could have whoever you want. Right. Right. And that's that's the thing. Yeah, it's a money grab. It's a money grab. And same thing with uh, I see they still have Brady jerseys they're selling. Of course, it's a money grab. You know, with Brady there, he wanted to play in the creamsicles. So, least they could do is sell us some uh brady jerseys but yeah it's definitely a money grab in my opinion but i would love to have a a offensive line or one of those players that that that's a davis or uh, or a good david jersey a creamsicle or a white jersey man that'll be awesome that will be man and i that's why i strategize as well that's why i kind of went with the rashad white because my only white Bucks jerseys were Shaq Barrett, of current players, that is, were Shaq Barrett and Tom Brady. Well, obviously, Brady's gone, and Barrett is changing numbers now. So suddenly, I need a white jersey, and I looked online, and I seen they had Godwin. So hopefully around the holidays, you know, uh, someone will get me that Godwin. But they did not have Rashad White in white, no pun intended. So I was thinking to myself, mm -hmm. I'm like, I might as well get the Rashad Creamsicle and the Chris Godwin white one down the road. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Kenny makes a good point. I wish they put Bucko on it. They could have put him on the shoulders, you know, where we have the pirate ships. Yeah, that would be fine. That would have looked pretty cool. And Huncho, I, I will say, you made a great point as well. I wish we wore more than one game. And to me, what they could have at least done, you know how we're always wearing our white jerseys or white jerseys. I think, what, 11 or 12 games last year we wore white. Um, I think that they could have at least put in a white throwback, yeah, right? like a white creamsicle throwback. That would have been nice, also. And then imagine that a couple, you know, at least two times a year, then because I, I get it, Detroit rivalry because we used to be in the NFC Central together. But to me, you should have at least done the Bears game, the home opener in creamsicle, even if it's a throwback away creamsicle. And then you had Detroit. And to me, they missed an opportunity 
by not putting anyone in the ring of honor against Detroit wow. because you could have put a James Wilder or wow. a Hardy Nickerson. Right. And, you know, both of those guys loved wearing the creamsicles. You could have put one of them in the ring of honor that game and made it this huge throwback type feel. Right. To me, they just missed their mark there a little bit. Definitely missed the mark right there with that one. And Kenny says that's exactly where I wanted Bucko. The sleeve looks clean with the ship on the current unis. Couldn't agree more, KB. I think that would have been an amazing taste. And uh, Bucko, the Bruce, we better have a lot of, you know, merch available with him because I love Captain Fair, don't get me wrong. But Bucko, the Bruce, screams all the creamsicles, right? Like Bucko yeah. Bruce is the creamsicles. So, Hunch, let, let me get your thoughts on this quick as, you know, then we'll give our one big things and walk-offs. Speaking of creamsicles, speaking of Bucko Bruce throwback, speaking of Ring of Honor, we'll one-up that. We have a Hall of Fame member this year, and we elaborated on it a little bit earlier. We have up to four Hall of Fame members from that O2 defense, which is impressive itself. I don't think yeah. the Ravens' defense of the late 90s, early 2000s, even has four Hall of Famers. The Steel Curtain defense from way back in the day might only have three Hall of Famers. As great as the Bears' defense was, with Brian Urlacher and those guys. Hell, I think they only have one Hall of Famer. Um, we get our fourth, and that's Rondé Barber. Uh, what, what's your thoughts and feelings of how close we are to seeing Rondé enshrined into his future home forever, the Hall of Fame, which is well overdue? And did you see that awesome video of Rondé and his puppy opening yeah, the gold jacket? Yeah, I seen it. Uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. Rondy was struggling with that box a little bit, but once he got it open, it, it felt like it was it was well worth it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to see Rondy finally make it in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that defense was so superb. It's some more, more guys could that could actually go. I like to see Simeon Rice. Simeon Rice deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it was just so much that if if you're around and you gotta look at that time, those that team, then that defense, then it was so special and so great. And I was blessed and fortunate enough to uh, watch those guys play and um, just to see Rondé finally get over and in there after so many years of being turned around and turned down. It was a great feeling just to see his dividends being paid, you know, special player for us. Even he transitioned into the new style era. He, he gave us everything he got. He had and he was just a spectacular player, smart, savvy player. And uh, he, if you watched him, you knew you were watching one of the great for him to be that size and to play the way he did and, and the things and the numbers he has. He should have been in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, he, he's in there now, and that's all that, that matters. And I'm glad we, we have uh, another one added this year. And if you uh, remember a couple weeks back, we had awesome, awesome, awesome episode with former Buccaneer, former CFL champion, and current Florida International outside linebackers coordinator, Anthony Gator, on the show. Yeah. And he was lucky enough to be teammates with Rondé for a year or two, and he just spoke uh, you know, to the existence and acknowledgement of, hey, man, like you said, Huncho, he changed positions, but he was still a pro's pro out there. Mm -hmm. He's the one who was willing to do it. And he started games for the Bucks as a safety when he changed position. Yep. At that age, that's not easy to do. And then last week, uh, to allude on the Simeon Rice point, or not last week, but last show, we had friend of the shows and former Buccaneer and Colts defense lineman James Canada on. And that was a great time james canada yeah. just a great guy um very good football brain if you guys want to catch his podcast we'll put it in the description after this he comes out with a lot of great content as well 
He said, man, it was like a competition week in and week out on that defense trying to get a sack because you not only had Warren Sapp, you not only had Booger McFarlane, you not only had Simeon Rice to compete with sacks for, but he said he would always remember Rondé Barber flying in and taking yes. sacks away from the defensive line. And uh, there's, the yep, there's actually a picture out there, and uh, we had it as a podcast picture last week, but James Canada explained, he's like, a lot of people think I'm celebrating a sack in this picture. He's like, no, I'm avoiding Rondé because Rondé came in, got the sack, and I didn't want to run into him during his celebration. So pretty funny stuff there. Right. And if, if you were around and you you got to uh, watch those times when Rondé was uh, transitioning and moved to safety and him play in general, you knew every time he inched up to that line, the timing was so immaculate and he would get a sack almost every time or get some pressure force because he timed it and he knew it and he studied the game so good. Rondé was so good at that position and at that strategic when it comes to sacking the quarterback at the when he runs up to the line or the blit, late blitzes or whatever getting through the holes Rondé was the man and you you know uh if you watched it you can um actually see how great of a player uh Rondé was if the young crowd that doesn't not familiar with Rondé and uh, all the other greats back then I, I I uh urge you to go look at those players and see how dominant and how they played because Rondé was something truly special I couldn't agree more, and I think Rondé Barber, I, again, I think I go back and forth from the best from that defense, but to me the most underrated was probably Rondé because yes. you trusted him locking down a guy like Steve Smith. As you said, when you seen him inching up to that line, you know he was going to get good pressure regardless. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the offense knew he'd be coming in as well. So Rondé very much so deserving. I thought him and Lynch – were snubbed for the longest times, and now they're both in their right. rightful homes. Right. You also got guys like what Mike Allstott. Yeah. Mike Allstott was a great player. Like, yeah, he's he. I mean, he defined that fullback fullback role, and he t- turned it and made it something so special with a fullback body running like a running back. Man, he was so special. The A train. These guys don't don't even experience right up that there. Type. Oh my gosh. Just the experience, man, he's carrying four or five guys before Marshawn Lynch was doing it, running guys over. And, and you know, what was his thing? Mike up the gut or Mike over the top. Oh, Scott up the gut. And he's going over the top. Well, he's going over the top when he's jumping in for the touchdown. You know it was automatic when you seen All-Star at the line. And we were in the goal line, and you see Mike All-Star line up, and he got the ball. It was pretty much automatic as a touchdown every time. Man, when he would jump over the pile, holy right. crap, that would always give me chills. I remember the one game, I think it was overtime against the Redskins or, you know, coming down to the final minute it, where Elstott, it looked like he was stuffed mm-hmm. and then he bounced outside and he then we in. went for two. Yeah, he scored. So it looks like he was stuffed. He bounced outside. He got in and then we went for two to win the game. So it had to be regulation with like a couple seconds left. And I just remember he soared over that pile, man. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's my favorite buck of all time. And Huncho, I firmly believe and I truly believe that if fullbacks didn't get screwed silly in terms of notability and uh, Hall of Fame levelness and achievements, I think that Elstott would have an outside chance or a pretty good chance at least in the Hall of Fame. Not many better fullbacks than him. Yeah. 
most definitely. He he was something special. I I can't really uh find another um fullback I can at the top of my brain that could compete that on that level that Mike Allstott that he bought. He he redefined that fullback position, man. And guys like that were so special and hard to find, man. And I, I hope that we can find that again, you know, with uh the the, the um fullback we have. well, he's a tight end, but he uh moves like a fullback, you know, Kokeith. And I just hope we somehow can implement some of those things that we did back then with, with him. With and Kofi. I agree I agree with you, Hunch. And he's only one number up. He's forty one. Elstat was forty. So, you know, yeah. I was actually at Kokeith's first career touchdown game this past year in Cleveland. Wow. That was pretty incredible. And uh, our tight end room should be interesting because we have a rookie and two second year guys. So I really like Yeah, I like to see it. I love the youth movement in the tight end room. And you know this more than anyone, Hunch. Cam Brait, my favorite right. buck for the past five, six seasons or so. He's from my hometown and everything. And I love Gronk too, but it, Kyle Rudolph, you know, we just needed a youth movement. Yeah, we room. needed it because, you know, Brait was a one-trick. He had for sure hands. That was pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't an awesome broad blocker. He wasn't fast at, in any shape or form, you know. And um, he was a smart, heady player, and um, with for sure hands, and um, that's what why uh, I liked him a lot. He was reliable, and you could count on him. But you could tell, yeah, his time was up because now you need more of a, a athletic. You need some guy that can, a guys that can block and stretch the field. And um, I'm ready just to see what we can do with this new offense and all these key pieces. Soon to come, man. And it looks like Vita Vea. I don't know if it was last night or today. It looks like he's doing an autograph signing out there in the tampa area and i mm. think it was either today or tomorrow i forget which one i don't think autographs are allowed but i think mike evans is doing yeah. a meet and greet appearance pictures well. yeah pictures and you know an hour of talking or something like that so it'll be interesting to see jeremy says Payne durham is a gem and we're starting to get spam chat at this point as well so that's when you know we've been on for quite the time now but i've had an incredible time we're still not done we just got to do our walk-offs and one big things and last words on this beautiful saturday of the bucketeers and that's where we'll go next huncho you guys are tuning in on youtube or facebook live right now and you can catch the replay on apple spotify google podcast and so much more and keep up with us today on twitter at bucketeers and instagram at bucketeers pod and youtube Bucketeers podcast. Huncho, man, this show doesn't seem like it's been an hour and 20 minutes. Nope, nope, keep going, man. We can keep going. We've flown by. We've done a lot of great talk. We've had incredible moments so far and a lot of good participation throughout. Uh, what's your one big thing and walk off for the show before we get to our last word? What's your one big thing and walk off for the creamsicles? Let's, let's make it a creamsicle or Rondé Barber type topic for this Bucks team. Uh, if we're gonna make about uh Rondé and the cream slippers, just you can hey, make hard. It whatever you can make it whatever. I, I I respect that, so I would like to say hard work pays off. You know, um, never give up. Uh, as you can see, Rondé patience. You can see, um, just stay committed to what you do, and um, it, the the harder you work, the longer you work, eventually it, it'll pay off. And um, Rondé Barber is is a prime example of just that. Just watch. I want to. I'm gonna go watch some Rondé Barber film after this now, man. It got me hyped up, you know. Yeah. Watch some old Buck defense, because if you if you seen how special that guy was, it was and for his size, 
his just smart football decisions, jumping routes. He knew the routes to jump. You can never see he was never out of position. He was always right there to make a play. If you seen Rondé around the ball, you knew pretty much the play was either dead or it was going to be a, a turnover or interception, you know. And um, I just like to say, yeah, I really appreciate Rondé, and um, and uh, I'm thankful for everything he did and bought to this team. And I also want to say congratulations to him. I couldn't agree more with echoing all of that statement and sentiment on Rondé Barber. And uh, I'll put my one big thing or walk off is this: as great as the Brady era was, and probably the best three-year stretch in Buccaneers history, as we brought in a Super Bowl and back-to-back division titles. I will say, my favorite team will always be that O2 Super Bowl yes, Tampa sir. Bay Buccaneers team. Led by, you know, I I liked Gruden and Dungy. I like both of them. Mm-hmm. So whoever the hell you want to consider built that team. Right. Sure, great, beautiful. I think both guys played an integral part to that because I think Dungy built the team, but I think Gruden got that team right. over the top. So I think, you know, the spice. exactly. However you want to slice the cake, I think those creamsicle cats, the Brooks, the Saps, the Elstots of the world, they'll always hold a special place in my heart because when it's 20, 30 years from now, Hunch, and we're showing our grandkids and our kids are getting a little bit older and we're yeah. showing people film of Tom Brady and stuff. I'm going to say, hold on, hold on. Wait. Yeah. That was a fun time in bucks, but let me show you this one. Let me yeah. show you this Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, Derek Brooks, Simeon Rice, John Lynch, Anthony McFarland, Brian Kelly led defense. Let me show you what special really is about defensively. So, yes, um, as much as I'll always love the 2020 to 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I really believe that the 0203 team and that core and those guys will just always cement a special place in my heart. Hunch, your last words, brother, on this beautiful Saturday. Yeah, I just want to say everybody to stay safe, stay blessed, and stay prayed up. And everybody, uh, enjoy your uh, summer football is coming up slowly but shortly. Uh, and I'm ready, man. Um, any questions and concerns, reach out. And you could get at me at uh, just bought one more on uh, Twitter. If you have any questions or anything you want to speak on, I'm free to chat, whatever my opinion. And I love to hear from guys, you know, and your opinion about the season and football. We could talk all the time. I'm ready. Or you, if you uh, can't find Huncho for whatever reason, you could always reach out to the Bucketeers and say, yeah. Huncho, this, you could always say, Huncho, I got a question for you. We'll relay that to Hunch. Or you could email us below, tonesportscards at gmail.com. You could email a question for Huncho, myself, or anyone else out there on this Bucketeers crew that we have. As KB says, have a good weekend, boys. Have a great Sir, weekend. And Hunch, my last word is this. My Bucks last word is get Hardy Nickerson into the ring of honor. I yes. think he's probably, I love Wilder and, or Simeon Rice. You know, I think as much as I like Wilder, I th- I personally think Simeon Rice and Hardy Nickerson, I'm not counting Brady and I'm not counting right. Gruden. I know some people feel differently about that, whatever. I'm saying, I think that Hardy Nickerson and Simeon Rice need to be in the ring of honor ASAP. Yeah. Yes. And at the same token, Hunch, my last word on the NFL in general, we are, let me do math here quick. I know a lot of people are logging off. We're 7, 14, 15, 16, 17. We're 19 days away from an NFL football game. Yes, sir. 19 days, buddy. We have made it. A good two weeks, man. We've made the sauce season, Hunch. So, uh, 
I'm going to get a Bucketeer show together. Hopefully, we could get one of the rookies. I'm not going to give away names, but hopefully we could get one of the rookies who said they'll hop on our show. I'm trying to get a show in Tuesday or Wednesday night of this week. Um, You know, and then really after that, we'll be right near and dare to the, uh, you know, Hall of Fame game. Like about a couple days out only after our next show. Yes, sir. I'm ready and I'm primed. Just keep, I'll be here. I know you will, brother. Again, my apologies to not only Huncho and Stunna and the rest of the Bucketeers, but to the listeners, my apologies, especially because uh, we were going to be on at the crack of dawn today. But honestly, we got a really good audience. So um, maybe the delay wasn't the worst thing in the world, Hunch. But you be safe, buddy. You have a great Saturday. You tell your fam, friends, and everybody. How the hell are you? And you continue booking your vacation, brother. We'll uh, hopefully see you on Tuesday. We're going to try for Tuesday because I know you're a busy guy on Wednesdays. Most most definitely. I'll be here. I appreciate you adjusting my time. And I appreciate all the fans and the followers, man. Y'all stay safe and y'all stay blessed. Love. I agree, brother. You stay safe and blessed. And I'll say this is my last official last thing. We are getting a new, it's not going to have us in the intro. We're still going to use our old intro for stuff, but um, we're about a week or two away. I'm taking out of my hands. We're going third party, but we're going to get a slick little video in there as well. So that'll be cool. Looking forward to it, buddy. All right, Hunch, you have a great weekend, brother. KB, have a great weekend. Jeremy, have a great weekend. Pops from Twitter, have a great weekend. Anti-Barb, Godfather, and all the rest of you guys. Enjoy. It's been hell of a time on the Bucketeers releasing our creamsicle thoughts and as always fire the damn cannons go Bucks go Bucks go Bucks Bucks. But you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there, bro. That, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking. Anyone was there, and a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there too. Uh, Meat Bug, Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Ed Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>